1: podcast welcome into to the wednesday edition of the pack a day podcast i am one of your co-hosts dusty evely with me tonight is sarah steve uh, is not here tonight steve is actually taking a little break stepping back you know the packer stuff dries up we don't have games to talk about and steve just pieces out so steve's gonna be gone for i think roughly about a month um you know we, we Hope to see him back. Uh, we're you know we ex- we expect him back in a month or something. So we're looking forward to that joyous joyous reunion when we'll join each other and our you know join arms and everything in an open field and you know, <laughs> bunnies singing and all that stuff. It's going to be just joyous. Uh, but until then, uh, you still get to hear the lovely sounds of mine and Sarah Kellerher's voice. Sarah, how are you this fine day?
2: I'm good. You know, of course, we're going to miss Steve for about a month or so, but. You know, we'll we'll definitely hold down the fort for him and we still have some really good shows planned, especially in the off-season, even though it's the off-season for the Packers. We were we were talking before we started recording. We have a lot of good stuff lined up the next few weeks that we're excited to talk about and get your thoughts on. But other than that, I'm good. I survived Florida's uh, winter, our four-day winter. Uh, there was <laughs> frost and ice on my car, so that was a new experience for me, but Yes, uh, there's one of the local weathermen. He posted this really funny graphic on Twitter, and I retweeted. It and it was at the end of this weekend, and it was just "I survived Florida's winter." Like, and it was <laughs> the four dates, so um, feeling good about that. You know, works going okay. Can't, can't complain. So what about you?
1: That's awesome. Yeah, we've got, uh, about half an inch of ice coming in the next couple of days. So we're going to have just all kinds of fun. Really looking forward to that. Um, but yeah, Sarah's point, you know, we've got, uh, got some stuff lined up over the next couple of weeks, which the fact that we're organized at all should be terrifying, uh, to, to everybody. I think the fact that we actually have things planned out, we usually fly by the seat of our pants, but we're excited and, and to tell you how well our plan is going tonight, we had planned. To do, we were going to do superlatives. Sarah had a whole idea. I made a Google Sheet. We were going to, we were, you know, all through, offensive MVP and coach of the year and like all the stuff that we were going to do for the Packers. And none, of, we're not, we're not doing it this week. Sarah actually even mentioned on Twitter today, like, "Hey, we're doing superlatives," and that was a filthy lie, uh, because there is news, guys. There's too much news. After she sent that, it was like tempting the universe, and the floodgates opened with news. Not necessarily all Packers news, but news around the league. Like just an insane day of just all manner of things, like dead serious stuff, all the way to just clowning on franchises. So uh, we're going to kind of touch on all that stuff, touch on some Packer stuff, touch on news around the league, and then we'll get to your questions. And we're going to push superlatives to next week. Should be fun. It's just just too jam-packed this week. So let's kick things off. Packers side of the ball. Some coach hires, some assistant coach hires made official. So we have Jason Vrabel is the wide receiver pass game coordinator. No actual relation to Mike Vrabel. Uh, in fact, the name is spelled different. It's a question I hear every time his name comes up. I just want to make sure that's out there. Luke Buckus is offensive line coach. Now he is related to someone. He's re, he's the nephew of Dick Buckus, who recently made his way to Twitter and is just already amazing. Brutal. At it. He had,
2: Brutal oh, I, he
1: said something about like congratulations to my nephew joining the the startup franchise, the Green Bay Packers, as their coach. Uh, so that was that was a lot of fun. Uh, Connor Lewis, uh, assistant QBs coach. And Ryan Mahaffey, I believe is how it's pronounced, is assistant OL coach. Uh, Sarah, you had some thoughts
2: on Connor Lewis. That's correct. So uh, Zach Cruz actually pointed this out on Twitter, and I thought it was a great point and something to consider. But uh, Aaron Rodgers, big fan of Connor Lewis, and apparently been uh, very complimentary of him in you know media availabilities, interviews, um, and I just. You know, thought Zach had a great point of pointing this out. That this is a very interesting promotion. It's right around the time that apparently, you know, reports are going around that the Packers are all in on trying to bring Aaron Rodgers back next season. Ian Rapport was on the Pat McAfee show, I believe, on Monday, and he said, you know, before Rodgers went back to California, he actually stayed in Green Bay for a few days and he met with LaFleur and they talked about the future and what it could look like in Green Bay. So, you know, it just makes you think it kind of when I saw Zach's tweet, I went, oh, that's a great point and something to think about. Um, You know, if they really want to pitch Aaron Rodgers and try to bring him back, maybe they keep coaches around that he really likes and that they know work well with him. Who knows? Again, this is all speculation, but just something to think about.
1: Yeah, and Rogers always had a, a close relationship with QB's coach, which, which I mean, it makes sense. And you know, I like Getzi and before him, Alex Van Pelt and all of those guys that just kind of kind of form those bonds with those guys. So, like you said, at this point, it's all speculation, but that's what the offseason is at this point. It's speculation in terms of, like, did he get hired because of this or is he hired because they, they actually they like him just as an actual coach? I'm sure if he's gotten to this point, he actually is a good coach. Uh, but how much of that is the Rogers thing? That's, that's, be very interesting to see how that plays out. The last uh, coaching news out of Green Bay today is a big one. The one that I feel like a lot of people are waiting for. Um, as, as odd as calling for a man to be fired is, I feel like sometimes. Uh, this is one that that a lot of people were, you know, very much after the divisional round game, waiting for this news. Mo Drayton fired. So when we can get initial responses from myself and Sarah, I just I want to say, first off, When he was hired, I don't know if you remember, Sarah, his initial, his opening press conference, really like that dude. I really thought he was going to be good just because the way he talked and the way he talked about communication and like just seems like a really a good person, a thoughtful person. And it's, you know, did not do well, special teams coordinator in green Bay, um, which is why he doesn't have a job anymore. But, you know, I, I hope he latches on somewhere else as, you know, an assistant or something and is able to kind of get back to that point. Cause you can tell he's a guy who, who cares and does a good job. I think, you know, communicating at least media stuff just seems like a very likable guy. So, uh, so with that being said, Sarah, Mo Drayton fired, what are your thoughts?
2: Yeah. I mean, like you said, it, it's weird when people root for someone to be fired because at the end of the day, it's a job that pays the bills. But this at the same time was the right move for the Packers. Mm-hmm. is, And that's just the reality of this business and this league. The special teams was the worst in the league the entire season. And, you know, played a big part in the playoff loss that, you know, in a game where the Packers... Probably should have won, and and then you know the path to the Super Bowl is right there. So um, really, just it's it, it was expected, but just kind of ready to you know move on from it and hopefully Lafleur and company hire hire somebody new and that can actually get the job done on special teams because that just seems like it's been a sore spot for the Packers for my entire life at this point, so...
1: Yeah. And it's been a whole lot of, uh, kind of leapfrogging. It's been, you know, fire this guy, but then they, they promote his assistant and then you fire this guy and you promote his assistant. Well, that's, that's, easy. you're the snake eating its own tail at a certain point. So that in mind, we'll go into, we usually see our Twitter questions for the end. We got one this week that kind of fit into this. So we want to bring it in. It's from, I'm, man, I'm so sorry. I hope I'm saying your name correctly. Ahmad Desel. He is a, a big Cheesehead TV supporter. I interact with him quite a bit, like really good dude. So we appreciate the question. His question, and there's a second part of this that we'll get to a little later, maybe roll it up with something else, or I'll answer individually. Who knows? Uh, But his first question is, who do you want for Green Bay special teams coordinator and uh, QB coach? So QB coach, uh, you know, we just talked about Connor Lewis. I don't really have a huge opinion on that. Um, Special teams coach, uh, we just kind of – I did a little digging. Sarah, you did some thinking and digging on this as well. So start with you. Sarah, do you have any picks for a special teams coach?
2: Yeah, I mean, I really like and I know I'm not alone in feeling this way just looking at my timeline on Twitter, but um, you know, Rich Fisher with the Raiders obviously did a great job coming in, uh, you know, the latter half of the season and, you know, the messages that the players posted um on Tuesday just all about him and how much they love him as a person and that he did so much for them on the field but also off really just gave me a, a good impression of him. And it seems like those are the kind of people that the Packers have all around their locker room. You hear that the players love the staff that's there. I mean, you see guys like Hackett and, and Getze that then are hired away because they have those reputations. And it seems like, uh, Basikia is in, you know, that category. So would be a great person to bring in. Um, but I know a lot of teams are probably thinking that too. So hopefully the Packers have a pretty damn good pitch for him because I think that would be awesome.
1: Yeah, you said that. And I was like, boy, I, that should have been my answer as well. Um, I I did a, a fairly lazy search. So what I did was I went to Football Outsiders. I looked at the top uh, special teams, uh, teams in the league over this past year, which no surprise, the Ravens are at the top. So I stopped there. I started there and I stopped there because <laughs> I found my man, Sarah. I'm going They So they have two. They have a special teams coordinator. You're not luring away that guy. They have two assistant coaches under him. I'm grabbing one of those guys. i t j with TJ Wiest. TJ Wiest. Uh, he's been around for a while. He's been with the, the Ravens since 2019, but he's been Offensive coach, interim head coach, uh, wide receivers coach. He actually coached uh, MVS when MVS was at uh, USF. Uh, So he's kind of bounced around for a little bit. Seems like he likely, uh, his area specialties is wide receivers and return game. But kind of, you know. He's been around for a while. He's seen a lot of things. He's coached the game from a bunch of different angles, and he's been with the best special teams group in the league uh, for the past couple of years. So, th- I kind of I like the background there. Uh, they 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 actually have two special teams assistants. I like him over the other guy who seems to be kind of more of a, uh, a kicker specialist. So, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm going with TJ Weist uh, w- over with the with the Ravens, and just really really hope uh, that that I mean really whoever it is. I really hope they just hire from, from outside. Like I, another internal special teams hire, like maybe he's the guy, maybe he's not. I just, I don't know if I can deal with what the outrage is going to be like if, uh, if Green Bay hires an internal special teams candidate. So
2: yeah, that would be a void Twitter at all costs day. If that, if yeah, that does happen.
1: So. Logging out for a month and I'll just check back in eventually, I guess. Uh, oh, that's it for the Packers stuff. Um, you know, again, Coach stuff and the the, the Drayton stuff kind of headlined it. There's a lot of stuff going around around the league today and so or yesterday, a ton of stuff broke. Uh, one of which was uh, kind of also half broke the weekend before. So we're going to get to that in a second. Uh, but the big one, I mean, of all the big stuff, the big one that came out today. Brian Flores suing the NFL, I believe, right? Sarah, you've got, uh, you've kind of, I I kind of dove in, read some of it. I know you've dove in a little more than me. So give us the rundown on some of this, uh, on the Brian Flores stuff here.
2: Yeah. I mean, truly troubling um, stuff that's come out of this lawsuit and troubling in a number of different areas, to be honest. So um, I'll just, you know, read a quick blurb that summarizes um, just the main points and then we can kind of dive into the details. So this is from ESPN. Former Miami coach Brian Flores has sued the NFL in three teams, the Dolphins, the Giants, and the Broncos, alleging in part racism in hiring practices. Among his allegations, the Dolphins owner also offered him a $100,000 per loss in 2019 to help with the team's draft position, and that the Giants and Broncos conducted quote-unquote sham in-person interviews with him in order to comply with the Rooney rule. So if you're unfamiliar with the Rooney rule, that was introduced back in 2003, actually, in the NFL. And it requires uh, teams around the league to interview even minority candidates for head coaching and football operations uh, opportunities and, you know, at the senior level. So, this is troubling for a number of reasons. Um, also something that came out um, part of the you know evidence in the case was that there was text from Bill Belichick show that the Giants had already had their coach picked before they even interviewed Flores and Belichick accidentally uh, congratulated Brian Flores, thinking it was the other Brian it's that actually got the, the job. Uh, so they used that as uh, evidence in the lawsuit. Um, In addition to Ross, the um, Dolphins owner, um, you know, offering him $100,000 per loss in 2019, which is just absolutely ludicrous. He also pressured him to tamper with a high profile quarterback that was going to be a free agent. um, And it's not confirmed. It's not hundred percent confirmed, but league sources are saying that that quarterback was Tom Brady. Um, so that is just a lot to take in, but this is awful for a, a number of reasons. Flores, you know, released a statement saying that he, basically that he understands that, you know, because he's doing this, he could never coach again and coach the game that he loves, but he feels, you know, like this is something that he has to do. And that, you know, That is so honorable what he's doing, but it's sad that he even has to do that because the the NFL and teams in the league are are doing things like this. So it is just stunning. I mean, if you read the full lawsuit and some of the details that are coming out, it's truly jaw-dropping and just horrific, some of the details. I mean, there is tampering and basically cheating and trying to throw away your... Team for draft picks, which is such a meme that I can't believe teams are actually doing that, and that's horrible in itself. But then you take it a step further with some of these serious, you know, racism and hiring practices allegations that look like they have a lot of merit, despite what the NFL may say in their statements, and it's just really sad. Um, and you know, the NFL says that they'll commit to, you know, ending racism and trying to support more diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts. And then this happens. So it's really troubling all around. And I just, you know, really, it's just honorable that he's standing up in this way and putting himself in a vulnerable position. And like he said, he may never coach again, but he feels like he's fighting for something bigger. So just really shocking news all around there.
3: are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new health care regimen, including EE system.
1: Yeah, it seems unlikely he's going to coach again. I'd be shocked if he does after, after suing the league, which, I mean, it, like you said, it's, it's shocking and, and just – remarkably honorable of him just this used <laughs> he's this kind of he, he's a a hot head coaching candidate when he was fired the a universal pretty much across the league a lot of people you talk to are just wait what Brian we, Flores, were, the guy podcast, who, we were on
2: our podcast we were talking all three of us had said yeah. he would be a coach that if we were a gm we would hire immediately
1: so. yeah we didn't want to see him uh, in minnesota or chicago uh because he seemed like a competent head coach uh kind of overachieved with what he had in miami um, and apparently very much overachieved because, uh, the, the owner did not want him to win at all. Um, some of those seasons. So, uh, it's, I mean, yeah, I mean, and, and some of that. I mean, the stuff you, you hit some of that, I feel like there's, there's, it's deeper. Some of that stuff's just scratching the surface. So just, I mean, I, I started seeing screenshots from it and I was like, this, this seems made up. There's no way this is true. And so I started looking at the lawsuit and going, Oh no, this is all, it's all true. This is all in there. So, I mean, yeah, just, just really shocking stuff. All right, now moving on to something a little lighter, something we can all laugh at is uh, Washington picked their team name. They've announced their team <laughs> name. They haven't officially announced it. I mean, maybe by the time you're listening to this, they probably will from the looks of things. But um, so <laughs> they're going to be the Washington Commanders. Sarah, why don't you just tell Tell us how we know they're the Washington Commanders.
2: Because they're stupid. That's how. Um, <laughs> Correct. <laughs> so this had already leaked a little bit a couple of weeks ago. Um Just, you know, I'm hearing around the league that the new name is the Washington Commanders, things like that um, happening across the Twitterverse. But um, tonight, when we're recording this on Tuesday, um, the announcement is supposed to be today, I believe, when you're listening to this on Wednesday. And, you know, in their stadium, in glass windows that you can see right through with a simple drone you know, news helicopters That are roaming the area You can see through it And if you, if, you know, which this drone Helicopter, whatever it was Zoomed in And there it just is a banner that says Commanders in the Washington Colors and everything <laughs> Confirming what was already out there This is such a Washington Thing like, Only they would spoil their own Name and you know that they went through all of this to find a new name and they wanted to, 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 you know, talk to everybody and make sure everybody's input was there. And then they do this. It's just, I can't, I can't believe it, but I can at the same time.
1: It was like, it was so important to them. This n- renaming was so important to them that they played under the name football team because they wanted to make sure they took their time with it. And then the reveal is just, oh, it's so sloppy. When I think too, I think that the signage where you can zoom in and see it is above the pro shop. It's not some weird, darkened, obscure corner of the stadium. No, it's like above the pro shop in full view. It's, uh, very Washington. It was very Washington. Uh, so, you know. Washington Commanders. That's good. I hope they keep uh, kind of that same look. I really really dug the whole Washington football team and the, the numbers on the side of the helmet like kind of a kind of a cool look there. So I hope they keep, I hope they keep some of that. Moving on to other stuff, the Denver Broncos officially for sale. They they've been put up for sale. However this works Craigslist, I think I'm not sure how you list this stuff. Uh, but it's been a while since we've had an NFL team for sale, Sarah you have any thoughts on the sales of the Denver Broncos? Is Aaron Rodgers going to buy it? What do we know? Who knows, Sarah?
2: <laughs> I hate that you said that because that's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> I was going to say just in time for Aaron Rodgers to buy it, buy the Broncos, do whatever he wants, you know, create the team that he wants and, mm-hmm. you know, with every single thing his way, but... No, I mean, it's interesting. Um, definitely curious to see what happened uh, or see what happens. Excuse me. I know we kind of talked about it too. People want the Mannings to buy the Broncos and all this. I don't know if that's going to happen, but we'll see. Always kind of interesting and not too often is a team up for sale. So, kind of a peculiar thing.
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, I alluded to this one earlier. This next next note is uh, Tom Brady. Tom Brady has officially retired. Now, Schefter announced it, I believe, on Sunday. I can't remember if it was Saturday or Sunday. It was announced. And then it was the Brady's camp was immediately walking back. We we haven't decided yet. We haven't decided yet. And the feeling the whole time was this just got out before they wanted it to. Like, he's yeah. not coming back. Um, this was leaked information. I know a lot of people were counting on Schefter for accumulation of sources and all that stuff. But I think the assumption, uh, my assumption all along was just, I mean, the, the, it's going to be announced just a matter of when, and they just they did it earlier than they thought. So officially official as of when you listen to this as of yesterday. Uh, so, I mean, there's – I mean, wh- I don't know what you can say about Tom Brady that has not been said a thousand times. I know uh, – you know, I don't know that we, we want to spend a lot of time with it here. You know, certainly the most decorated quarterback. Uh, I'm not getting into the whole – goat argument i refuse to do that at this point in my life i am in my 40s i have children I'm not i'll not be debating any of those points uh sarah do you have any thoughts on on tom brady retiring i mean i'd, I'd say you know he's it's weird because you're like well it's, it's a little surprising he's retiring he's 44 but that bucks team is still loaded uh, i think at least for the next year they've still got a lot of their pieces i think uh chris godwin is not necessarily gone but i think his, his contract's up but guys like Mike Evans. And I mean, you've got a good young rookie core there, too. So I mean, they've got guys uh, who are still good, still could compete for a championship next year. So I mean, I guess the only thing we we'll really say, Sarah, does this, uh, the, the timing wise, in terms of where the Bucks are and where he is in his career, did, did this surprise you?
2: Yes and no. I mean, part of me just thought Brady would play forever. It, it really did feel like that. But then when, you know, he's on podcasts and Doing interviews, and all of a sudden, this season, it just seemed like he was talking a lot more about spending time with his family, and you know, choosing his time, and what he, you know, being more intentional about what he's doing with his life, and all of that. And then when he started saying that, I kind of went, "Ooh, I there." He could definitely this could be the year. Um, you know, I'm sure he would have loved to go out on a high note and win another Super Bowl, but. As Aaron Rodgers talked about on the Pat McAfee show last week, sometimes that's just not the case and very rarely do do players get to do that. But yeah, absolutely crazy. Related to the topic, but not at the same time. His like Instagram announcement post, the comments on that were insane. It Every person you can think of from my, I don't know, eighth grade science teacher to DJ Khaled to The Rock were commenting on this post with goat emojis or just thank you with the praying hands. I mean, it was absolutely, I went through during my lunch break at work on Tuesday. I went through and was just scrolling and it was, oh, there's that A list celebrity. Oh, there's this person that I went to middle school with commenting on here. So it's just kind of funny how that brought all these people together. I don't know. Like, it's it was it's a
1: nice, uh, nice window into your day. Sarah, cause I knew you had been spending. Usually it's, it's Rogers like McAfee appearance. Like that. you do. You don't have that this week. So you're just like, I got I'm going to look at this Tom Brady comments on Instagram. Like that's, that's how you're filling your time now. That's, it's, it's an interesting look into it. Yeah. I mean, I, I think for me, it's, it's surprising just because like you, I just kind of assumed he was going to play until he physically you had to drag him off the field till he couldn't anymore. So I think it is. But at the same time, yeah, he's he's 44. He's got kids. It seems like he wants to kind of do other things. He wants to spend time with the kids and do different business ventures. So it's weird watching him throw that last game, not knowing it was his last game, obviously. And uh, like he's still just just hucking that ball, you know. 50 yards downfield online. Like he can still play. So I think the fact that he can still play knowing how competitive he is, it it was a little surprising to me, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be, uh, going to be weird and honestly kind of nice watching football with no Tom Brady next year. Now I I'm, you know, I'm not ruling it out altogether. If he decides he wants to come back before next season, he will come back before next season and there's nothing anyone can do to stop him. So I'm not ruling out a full retirement until he actually is not back by opening day next year. Uh, The last note here, not Packers related, but kind of Packers related. The rumors, and it looks like I think he's going in for a next interview uh, later this week, but it looks like it's very, very close that the next coach of the Minnesota Vikings is going to be Jim Harbaugh. Uh, Now, going along with that as well would be, it seems like the way if you read the tea leaves, he would be bringing Vic Fangio along as a defensive coordinator. Fangio obviously was defensive coordinator for all the, the entire Harbaugh run in San Francisco from 2011-2014. Fangio now out of a job having been fired from the Broncos. So just it, kind of an interesting look. Again, it's not official yet. It looks like that is probably coming with a certain amount of probability that next year Harbaugh is going to be coach of the Vikings with Fangio as a defensive coordinator. Sarah, where do you sit on that?
2: I'm going to be honest. I don't like it because I think it's a good hire and that's why I don't like it. I, the Vikings, just like the Bears, when I see them do something that I'm like, oh, that's that's probably a smart move for them. I hate it because as a Packers fan and somebody that roots for Green Bay, I don't really want other teams in the NFC North to make good decisions. But uh Yeah, it definitely could be interesting, especially the pair of them together. I think that's quite the duo. So curious to see how it all plays out these next couple of days. I'm sure, you know, by the time we're recording this or by the time you're listening to this, we may already know. Mm hmm.
1: Yeah, and I kind of, I'm, I think Fangio scares me more than Harbaugh. Harbaugh, like, you know, a good coach has had, you know, pretty good success at, at Michigan. You know, I don't know. He beats Washington, he beats Ohio State one time and he's like, I'm going back to the NFL. I'm ready now. But, you know, he had, had good success in San Francisco when he was around before, obviously made that Super Bowl, lost that Super Bowl, but, uh, I think kind of, kind of, was almost forced out because I think he had a down year and also it seems like he's the kind of guy by reports that after a few years uh people just kind of he's he's real in your face man he's real intense that just kind of uh just kind of wears on people a little bit so be interesting to see how that goes but he had success and he seems seems to be a good coach the one thing i'll be looking for is at michigan especially i mean this was it was the same way in san francisco and he had kaepernick out there and the way he was running this stuff he seems like old school smash mouth football guy. Like for an, so for an ex quarterback, that seems a little weird, but he wants to run the ball. He wants to be physical, which is essentially what Zimmer wanted to do. Zimmer was an intense guy who wanted to run the ball. So basically just replacing Zimmer with Zimmer more or less. So I'm, you know, could, could be good. Um, still, still to be seen, obviously hasn't even been announced yet when we're talking about this, but, like I said, I think, uh, I think Fangio and just Fangio's defense and the success he's had, that scares me more than Harbaugh. But, yeah, it's, it's a, I was really wanting to make fun of them for a hire, and I can't. It seems like this is a pretty smart move. This is the way it goes. And that's, that's our news and notes, man. Again, a ton from Packers and around the league. Big, big day. But we did want to close out, as always, with your questions. So, Sarah, get some Twitter questions. We could not get to all of them, but uh, we did get some really good ones. So we want to kind of touch on some of those.
2: Absolutely. And we actually got a question, a uh, shout out to Josh Agnew, Um, that is going to inspire one of our later episodes this month. So he asked, you know, besides winning a Super Bowl, what would you like to see from the Packers next season? Whether it be, you know, re-signing Aaron, Devontae, Gary taking another step as a pass rusher, draft, drafting an explosive wide receiver, so on and so forth. Um, so in a couple of weeks, we'll actually be having our Packers 2022 wish list episode where we're just going to kind of talk about our wishes and what we want, um, totally inspired from that question. So we won't be answering that question tonight, but we'll have a whole episode about it in a couple of weeks. So thanks, Josh, for giving us a really great idea. Appreciate that. Um, our first question that we will be answering tonight is from Brandon Rupp. He wants to know what do you think Rasul Douglas' contract looks like next season, whether with the Packers or someone else? And, you know, I can just Take this one plain and simple. I think it's just gonna be bigger, you know? That that's it. The larger, more money. Dusty, any any thoughts to add there?
1: I just think with with the pick sixes he had, just make it, you know, I don't know, six years, six point six million a year, you know, something like that. Like really just kind of lean into that. But uh yeah, no, I think you I think you know that, Sarah. I think it's gonna be bigger.
2: Yeah. Plain and simple on that one. I really hope he's on the Packers again next year. That would I just really loved him this season. Um, next question is from Matt Pickett, uh, from, Hey, we like your pod. Um, and it's a two part question. The first one, if you could be a guest on any podcast, what would it be and why? And then a food question. What's your favorite kind of chip? I think
1: for, uh, I've got two, two dream podcasts. That I like to be on there's now this to be said, I've done guest spots on a number of different podcasts. And they're all fun. I love doing every podcast I've ever done. Uh, so I'm I'm always happy to do those. If I had to take my pick, I'm going to split them up. So one would be uh, Bloody Good Horror. That's going to be my horror pick. That is like the only horror podcast to listen to. I've been listening to them for like 10 plus years at this point. Uh, just huge, huge fan. Part of me, uh, you know, doesn't want to wish for that because I don't want to be a voice. I like to listen. I don't want to talk. Um, but I'm a big fan of that podcast. And then for football, this is another one dream podcast. And uh, I <laughs> part of me wants to not never do it um, if I ever get the opportunity because I feel like I'd be too intimidated. It's Athletic Football Podcast with uh, Nate Tyson Robert Mays i've been a fan of Mays for a very long time he's done a ton he's doing a ton of great stuff over there how he does he 's doing like daily podcasts and has been through the like the entire season how he's able to do that and keep the energy he does I have no idea but he, he and uh, Nate specifically do a really good job breaking down x's and O 's both uh usually Mondays so after the games on Fridays before the games and like kind of what to look for and what they digested since the last last uh podcast and all that so i'm i'm big big fan of that one so i think that would be uh that'd be my dream one um and then i think favorite chip man i don't know i honestly don't know um i'm going <laughs> go boring big fan of like if it's like a really good like plain like original uh kettle chip or like uh just like salt salt and, uh, and cracked pepper or something kettle chip big fan of those because you get the crunch and the taste is tremendous and i'll just eat five bags of those and the roof of my mouth will be destroyed uh and i'll feel terrible but i don't care sarah what do you got
2: um for me podcasts i'm gonna go completely unfootball related but my big episode of the chicks in the office podcast it's all about <laughs> pop culture uh it's always in my spotify wrapped of you know you listen to every episode and an embarrassing amount of minutes of the show. Um, But I'm super into pop culture and all that. And they they have trivia now and they bring on listeners. And one of my best friends and I have been trying so hard to get on the show. We actually, she was at my place this weekend staying over and we waited to listen to this week. They're like, trivia from the last episode so we could do it together and pretend as if we were competing to see how we would do. And we did really well. So, you know, really want to be on the show. It's definitely, um, out there. I'm still filling out the form and email to try to get on it, but yeah, Good I luck. love that show. That's awesome. Um, and then food, my favorite kind of chip. Um, I'm going to go with two. So just the nacho, Cheese Doritos. It's a classic, but so good. You know, very versatile. You can have them on the side or you can put them in the sandwich and they're good. Also, if you've ever had the tacos where you can kind of crumble the Doritos on them, those Mm -hmm. are great too. And then this is specific, but kettle cooked barbecue chips are always super good. You know, if you have like a big sub. Um, typically like at a Jersey Mike's or wherever you go, I'll try to get the, the barbecue ones. Is it just kind of, it's a nice complimentary, uh, chip item. So, all right. And then we have one final question today from Sean. Um, and they want to know aside from Rogers and Devontae, who would you guys put on the top of the list of guys to re-sign for the 2022, 2023 season?
1: There's a lot of guys. I was starting. I was like, I'll make a list of a couple, and I think I've got like seven that I was like, I, this will be useful. This will be useful. But number one. With a bullet, this should surprise absolutely nobody. Is it's MVS, uh, and you know, just based on again the division. I've talked about this quite a bit, but the divisional round game, as well as other games, I, we, I looked at uh, how they scored with him when he was on the field versus when he wasn't, and games that he missed, they scored five fewer points than in games he was there. And I didn't adjust for opponent or any of that, but you could kind of see some of that stuff. The field compresses. It. I we've talked about, I think, before the season. I really like the complimentary wide receivers that the Packers have. They've got guys who do different things. But the problem is, if you only have one guy that does a specific thing and then he's out, you can't really do that thing. And the MVS's thing is speed. And I've said this a thousand times on here. It doesn't matter if he catches a pass. He could go 10 games and not catch a single pass. And he's making an impact. He's making a big impact every time he's out there because you can't bring those safeties down. You got to back up a little bit. The game plan changes. How the defense plays you has to change a little bit. And you could see that in the divisional round. The Niners were just, they were dropping the linebackers back, taking away those middle windows and there's no window to fit the ball because the the safeties were kind of coming up because there's no one to threaten them with speed. They had Lazard running routes that MVS was running and Lazard God love him is not as fast as MVS. So I think just that factor of speed and that elite elite speed that MVS has changes the way the offense can operate changes the way the defense plays you. So I think, I mean, that was for me, that was the first name I wrote down and that was going down some other ones. Uh, eq lucas patrick devondre campbell robert tunyan like kind of running through all these and not a single one of them came close to unseating mvs for me so with number one with a bullet mvs sarah who you got
2: yeah i mean mvs obviously great choice but for me you know looking on the defensive side of things it's probably you know rasul douglas devondre campbell i don't think you can keep both but you know choosing which one you think would be valuable um Clearly the Packers have had trouble finding good inside linebackers. I mean, in honor of Steve, we can mention that and <laughs> just the frustrations there. So to have that consistency this season was such a gift. And it's something that, you know, you, we I at least personally kind of ended up taking for granted halfway through this season. It's just, oh, Devondre Campbell has a bajillion tackles again. That's expected. Um, <laughs> but we've seen in years past how, much that can hurt green Bay when that isn't the case. So I would look maybe on that side of the ball and, um, specifically at those two guys too.
1: Yeah. You know, those are good. I mean, there's, uh, the Packers going to be missing quite a few guys next year and there's, there's some pretty big contributors there. So you could go a thousand different ways with that and they would all be correct. Um, all right. Well, that's as like Sarah said. That's it for questions. Thanks for everyone sending them in. We didn't get a chance to get to all of them because of so much news today. Uh, we just want to close out with uh, final thoughts. Sarah, do you have any final thoughts for us today?
2: No, not really. Just you know, everybody. Hope you're. Hope you enjoy the Super Bowl that's coming up. I know the Pro Bowl is this weekend, and everybody's really excited <laughs> about it. But I, I believe Matt Lafleur and, and team the are Packers, coaching. St- so, yeah, the Packers staff. but. You know Aaron Rodgers isn't playing, Devontae Adams isn't playing, but hey, guess what? They're going to try to make us interested in the Pro Bowl by having Packers coaches. Guess what? It's not going to work. I'm not <laughs> going to watch it still. Um, and I'm very glad I actually have an excuse for not watching it because I have an orchestra concert on Sunday, oh, nice. so I can at least um, excuse myself. I was very worried about this once ago when I saw <laughs> oh. February 6th because – February 6th is typically Super Bowl Sunday. And, you know, me being an optimist, was like, I like, I'm not going to be able to play at this concert because the Packers are going to be in the Super Bowl. But obviously it ended up being Pro Bowl weekend. So then I was all happy. Oh, okay, it'll, it'll be a nice filler weekend for me before, you know, the Super Bowl win. Well, it doesn't matter because <laughs> the Packers blew it anyways. But, you know, I hope everybody has an, a nice couple weeks. The playoff games have just been freaking awesome. Um and go Bengals! I hope they win it all.
1: So. <laughs> yeah, and for me, I had uh, a couple things this week. So I'm kind of I'm kind of taking a break from writing. I typically do that this time of year. I, it the the season can be such a grind, so I kind of I'm, I'm taking a little break, stepping back a little bit. Uh, and then kind of planning for off season projects. I've got a couple fun ideas of stuff I'm going to be doing, both kind of looking back at stuff the Packers did and looking, doing kind of a deeper dive in that, which I did last year and had a blast with. And then the other thing is I'm kind of looking into similar offenses, looking at some of those differences and looking for plays to steal. So that's going to be kind of a bigger thing. So I've got those couple things. So I'm going to take, uh, you know, take a few weeks off, enjoy the Super Bowl. Try to get caught up on movies and TV and then start digging in and then reemerge like a phoenix from the ashes, hopefully, with a couple of <coughs> really fun projects. So looking forward to that stuff. Uh, I did do some stuff this week, a couple of things. I was on uh, Packernet Podcast with uh, Ryan Schlip, a.k.a. Pack Daddy. I uh, did that yesterday. and uh, That was really fun. I've been a listener of his podcast for a very long time. So getting a chance to actually be on it and talk to him was was awesome. Just very, very smart guy, good dude. Um, I always loved that podcast. That was a lot of fun. And then I did I wrote a piece yesterday just over on my Substack, which I just kind of like, oh, I had a wild hair to write something, and I'm just gonna throw it up here, which is the entire purpose of that for me. It's basically a it's basically a blog. And I looked at um one of the things I was looking at after the game, I like to kind of look at numbers, was the Packers' used of play action. In my mind, the Niners kind of took away that play action, and I looked at the numbers, and the play action numbers looked pretty good. They were, they were averaging half a yard better than play action. The Packers were when they ran play action when they didn't, but their, their usage was down. So I kind of looked into that and said, like, okay, here's the numbers. Why weren't the, what are the narratives that the numbers generally tell you uh, off of that? What, what would you, if it was me looking at those numbers, what would I take from that? And then why is that not necessarily the case? Uh, and so I kind of went, looked at one specific play that was play action that didn't operate as intended, that kind of inflated the numbers. So I showed like, it looks like play action was operating well, play action was not operating well. So kind of this disconnect between uh, kind of the the world of film and the world of numbers. So but that was a uh, for me, <laughs> say that was an interesting look. For me, that was an interesting look. I have no idea if it's interesting for anyone else. So uh that's up now over at over at my substack. If you just it's I believe. Uh if you have ten minutes, five minutes and feel like reading that, that was fun. Um that's it for our show today. Again, uh, thank you all for listening. As always, thanks to those who sent in the questions. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. Uh, I'm at Dusty Evely, Sarah Keller, four. We'll throw Steve Perhatch's name in there as, and, uh, Packaday, Packaday Podcast. Uh, be sure to, you know, listen, rate, review, all that great stuff. Uh, be excellent to each other. And as always, go, pet go.